Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish, a collection of Michael's favorite interviews with authors from the last 30 years through today, on the air, on radio. What sets my book club apart is that I actually read the books. Book Club is now in session. You never forget your first. You never forget your first. Great book title, right? Unless you've already read it or have read some of the rave reviews for it, you might be surprised to hear that the book is actually a biography of George Washington and written by my next guest, Alexis Coe. The book is a bestseller. Alexis, congratulations. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. So I'm in an all-guy book club, right? Sounds fun. Last week, due to the lockdown, we decided that we would have our wives join us. And, of course, we did it via Zoom. I am I am happy to tell you your book was the selection. Everybody enjoyed it. And, by the way, if you knew some of the persnickety personalities in my book club, you would realize that is a real feat. I don't think I've ever heard of a book club covering any book and everyone liked it. No, it, it, uh, it, it really passed the muster, I, I think, because... It's a politically oriented group. The Everyone is well read. Uh, and here's what the book really has going for it. It's a book on a subject that you think you know everything about or everything that you think is worth knowing about, which actually is my first question. What made you think there was something left to be said about George Washington? 
I am a political historian, and when I'm covering a topic like George Washington, um, which I know about in in sort of broad strokes, but not too many particulars, I um, and at the time when I was doing this, I was I was hosting a podcast called Presidents Are People Too for Audible. And um, I did what I learned in grad school, which was to read three or four biographies at a time, and by the end emerge with a you know a variety of of opinions, and um, you know decide where I stood on everything. But at the end of George Washington biographies, and this is like any other president I have ever studied, um, I, I was I was in the same place where I started. I, I didn't, you know, every biographer declared him too marble to be real. And at the end, they vaunted him with this great, you know, emancipation story. And I just didn't see it. So I, I checked some of the, the hinky facts, you know, the things that struck me as off in the archives and very quickly saw that they weren't correct. They didn't, I couldn't reconcile them with what I was seeing um, in the primary sources. And then I felt, oh gosh, you know, I have to, I have to join this very crowded bookshelf. Were you on a mission to show that the nation's founding father had feet of clay? (laughs) I was, I was on a mission to show who he was and to take, you know, to sort of tear everything down, not in an irreverent way or to say, you know, we shouldn't study him, but rather to take the closest look possible at him and um, and then let the readers decide. Because I do think that's what's exciting is you can have a variety of people, husbands and wives. And um, I've heard a lot about parents and children, adult children, you know, reading the book together and discussing it and coming out um, with a diversity of opinions. I mean, ultimately, your judgment was correct, proven correct. Viking, a very notable publisher, undertook the project. The book is a bestseller. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking as someone who's published a little bit myself that if I knew Ron Chernow was out there with a thousand page book on Washington, how the hell am I ever going to sell this? Like, how am I going to convince somebody that there's something new that I want to say about George Washington? That part was not very easy, and right. um, and I knew it wasn't going to be from the beginning, which is how the the title came about. It was not supposed to stick. It was the subject line of the first email I sent to my literary agent proposing the book, and it was meant to sort of throw him off. And then um, the subject said, you know, the subject said, you know, you never forget your first. And then the the actual content um, said, you know, if you if you can't say that he was president or the great general. Um, you can't tell me he had wooden teeth. There's no chopping down of the cherry tree. What's left? And he basically said, I'm listening. And we just kept <laughs> using this working title until um, and Viking purchased it with this as the working title. And I do a fair amount of um, public speaking. And every single time I said the title or my bio was read, the you know, there was this moment, this pause where where the the you know, you never forget your first and then a biography of George Washington and the audience would erupt in laughter. And I thought, oh, this really does it. And so after, I don't know, a couple of years, I wrote the publisher and said, you know, I think I think we need to stick with this title. And she said, oh, honey, we've been sticking with it. It's already out there. You know, so I was a little bit I hadn't really thought it would um, be the title I ultimately took out. But I'm, I'm quite glad that I did. I think it conveys everything that I want. You were already at work on the project before you recognized that no woman had written an adult biography of Washington. Is that fair? Is that the chronology? Yes, I, I think. Well, I knew that there was something off. And, and as a woman in um, presidential history, this is, 
it's not new for me to be in male-dominated spaces. Women um, only joined history departments in the 60s and 70s, and they've been making up for lost time. Women were excluded from the narrative, so were people of color. So presidential history is still pretty male-dominated. Um, and I, I knew that when I went to my first George Washington symposium. I was handed drinks. I was asked whose wife I was. And, and this is all, you know, old hand. It doesn't really bother me. Um, but when I reorganized my biographies, when I ended up moving apartments a couple years into the project, I, I realized that if I, I, I said, okay, here are all the biographies, and then I put aside the micro histories, meaning books about Washington's marriage or slavery or the presidency, you know, very specific topics. If I just looked at the um, cradle to casket, as we call them, books, they were entirely male. And then uh, the fixations made sense. The fact that, you know, there's so much about his military battles when so much has been written about it. Um, there's not a lot of curiosity about the women in his lives or how they influenced him. And just, you know, their interests were just sort of skewed the way any group, um, if, if, if a subject is exclusively covered by any group, they're going to miss things because they don't have a diversity of experience. So I definitely, it was an interesting confirmation, but I didn't believe it. So I emailed Mount Vernon, George Washington's historic home, who's been very supportive. I spent the night there. Um, I also emailed, you know, the University of Virginia and asked them. And everyone sort of went through the same spiral of disbelief and then confirmation. And here we are. I, but, you know, I'm hoping the first of many. Alexis Coe is the author of You Never Forget Your First, a biography of George Washington. This is the Book Club with Michael Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. 
Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Calling all operatives. From now to March 30th, MGM National Harbor invokes your skills to play Covert Cash, a spy-themed kiosk game series where classified missions, hidden rewards, and daily thrills await. Sign up for MGM Rewards to play and unlock up to $25,000 in hidden free play daily and entries into our grand escape car drawing on March 30th. Visit MGMNationalHarbor.com slash Covert Cash to begin your mission. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. Alexis Coe is the author of You Never Forget Your First, a biography of George Washington. His record on slavery is is sort of a, on a continuum in the book. You deal with it and deal with it again. Fair to say he never freed them be- because he lacked the scratch. So, no, it's interesting. So the reason it is present throughout the book is because it was present in Washington's life. I I really felt the need to present Washington the way I saw him in his ledgers and his diaries and his and his letters, meaning that if it was important to him on a daily basis, we needed to know about it. And one of those things was slavery because he owned a plantation that was his main business and he got quite rich off it. But He was, like most plantation owners in the South, um, you know, cash poor and land rich. And so all his cash kept going into the plantation. And he he felt like if he needed, if he was going to emancipate them, as people like Lafayette had been begging him to do for decades, he had to sell land. And even though he had no biological heirs um, and there was no reason he couldn't, he wasn't using a lot of the land. It was far into the West at that point, places he had never even visited. He wanted to hold on to it. And so he didn't, um, but he didn't, you know, sell the land he needed to buy their freedom, but he also had a lot of reasons that he wasn't going to do it even if he had the cash. So Bob X is the most erudite in the book club. Do you want to hear his multi-part question? Yes. She inferred that Washington, A, was the primary cause of the French and Indian War through a massacre Mm -hmm. which he tried to cover up, B, became engaged in the revolution in order to prevent Great Britain from abolishing slavery in the colonies. C, willingly exposed his army as well as his wife to smallpox using the unproven technique of variolation. D, never really accepted the declarations, all men are created equal. Does she think she effectively proved these inferences? Ooh, well, I don't think they're inferences, and I think they're one of um, three different, usually, um, 
perspectives that I'm offering. And so when we talk about the primary cause of um, the French and Indian War, that's not it. It's that Washington was in the middle of an international incident. He did oversee the murder of a, a man on a diplomatic mission, um, a Frenchman. But but obviously the British and the French and the, Sp- and the Spanish were fighting not only in the Americas, but all over the world and in their colonies. Um, and as far as engaged in abolishing slavery, you know, all the founders had opinions on um, slavery, and it was often commented on in Parliament that um, it is ironic that these men are saying you're treating us like slaves when they in fact own slaves, and we have just outlawed it in London. Um, it was certainly a concern of his, but it was not the motivating factor. As I talk about far, I think that's like two sentences in the in that section, but as I talk about for the the chapters leading up he's, to it. He's a careful um, reader. If you knew him, he is a very careful reader. He could eat he off the end notes. Few, okay. Yeah. Well I, well, I love that, but he should focus on the, you know, you, you don't want to miss the, the force for the trees here. Um, the, the chapters that lead up to that chronicle, how Washington had tried really to, to fight for the British and had tried to be at the center of his nation's story, no matter what that nation was. He only really turned against the British when they wouldn't give him what he felt was fair. And I'm not talking about slavery. I'm talking about um, when he's in his late 20s and he wants a military commission, but they won't give it to him because he was born in the colonies. He wasn't born in, in England. And then when he wants um, fair trade, he wants you have a say in how much his goods are being sold for in London, he doesn't get it. And then when the Stamp Act passes and every contract he signs suddenly has a tax, that's what he really drove him to rebel. And I call him, in fact, the section is called a reluctant rebel. So I think that slavery, while it was certainly a concern for him, was one of many business concerns in which he felt that the British were thwarting him. And then as far as smallpox, absolutely um, stick by that one. You know, he talked Martha into having a smallpox vaccination, talked Congress into making sure that the entire army did. And that's how we got through the first year of the war. Um, Washington had contracted smallpox on his only trip abroad when he was 17, and he was aware that that gave him an advantage when he was in the field. And he saw um, when he took over the army, because, you know, in Boston, they had already been fighting by the time he you know, was appointed general. He came to Boston and he saw that so many people were suffering. They absolutely needed to be inoculated with smallpox. Um, and then he was lonely. And so he convinced Martha to do it, too. She was afraid of any kind of medicine rightfully during that time because it's the worst thing a person could do if you were sick was call a doctor in early america so that one yes he's totally right about but i'd i'd say let's not go to the extremes with the first three because we're we're, we're veering a little bit did away he, from what's actually did true did he accept the declarations all men are created equal um, he certainly accepted it, but they all had an idea of who they were talking about, which was landowning white men. You know, mm-hmm. this idea that 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 um, and those are Jefferson's words. Washington um, deferred to people. That was one of his strengths, both as a military leader and as president. Jefferson was in his first cabinet. Um, and he he understood that these were men who had studied, which he had not. He had dropped out of school when he was you know 14 because he couldn't afford it. He was self-conscious of his deficient um, education. But he also, you know, he he was smart and he was an autodidact to a certain extent. He was constantly reading. Um, but yes, absolutely. And, and we see that those beliefs play out not just with, um, 
you know, enslaved people, not just with the African-American community on his own plantation and throughout the United States, but during the Whiskey Rebellion. The reason the rebellion even is fomenting in the wilds of Pennsylvania and the borders of Kentucky is because people are saying, hey, you're taxing us and we don't have the right to vote. Um, you know, because we don't own land. So so he didn't really think that they were created equal either. They didn't have a say um, because they didn't own land. Alexis, final question. Do you want it from my list or from Bob's list? Um, you I'll won't offend from, me. You won't I, offend me. Huh? I feel like Bob's gotten a lot. I'll take it from your list. <laughs> well, my, mine are more simplistic. Here's my question. So he really didn't grow weed. No, sorry. <laughs> he didn't. Wouldn't that be, it'd be sort of cool, right? He was far too, one, he could have used it. Um, he was really uptight and would lose his temper quite a bit. Um, but he, no, he didn't. He grew hemp because he, like Jefferson and doesn't get credit enough for this, was an innovator and he believed in um, agriculture and believed that we needed to keep trying things in order to compete with the world. And so not only did he grow hemp, but he also bred mules. And and the teeth were really not wooden. Uh, it was. I, I wish that they were because the true story is is far worse. You know, at best he was a poacher. We're talking about ivory from walruses. Um, but at worst, you know, he he um, purchased undervalue um, the sleeve the 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 teeth of his enslaved community, and this was not totally Yikes. uncommon at the time. Um, we see advertisements for affluent people doing this all over. But the thing is, he did try to get a deal. And it's it's clear that, that these teeth were not, um, they didn't just fall out of these, you know, enslaved people's mouths. Hey, I'm smelling franchise here, revisiting <laughs> male, male historical figures who've been defined by men. Am I right? Mm. I think there would be too much, um, too much area to cover during my lifetime. Yeah. I'm a youngest well, you. woman, but I'm not that young. Hey, it was thoroughly entertaining. As I say, if you knew the group, you'd uh, you'd realize that you achieved quite a feat in holding everyone's attention. I really appreciate it, and thank you for being uh, willing to talk about it further. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, and have a good day. You too. Alexis Co. ladies and gentlemen, you never forget your first. You never forget your first. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the Sirius XM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbird styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot code SUPER24. 
Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.